0: future. We're talking real money.
1: Well, welcome to the Friday edition of Talking Real Money. And of course, that means it's time to answer your questions. Hello, everybody. Don McDonald here back in the studio, back in the studio. When do I leave the studio? I rarely if ever leave the studio. And today we've got, of course, a nice lineup of questions for you. And um, we really appreciate all the questions that come in. And they do come in. Uh, Lots of them now come in through our website at TalkingRealMoney.com. In fact, the bulk come in either written or uh, recorded, which we love. We love the recorded ones. They sound, most of the time, they sound really good. So you can send your questions in at TalkingRealMoney.com and type them or speak them. And you can also call us at 855 935 talk And we use those, try to use those on uh, when we record the Saturday show if we're short callers. Which, by the way, we hate to be because we're here every Saturday for you live. So for those of you who'd like to have a conversation with us, this is a great opportunity. You just call us on Saturdays between 3 and 5 Eastern time in the afternoon evening or noon to two pacific time which is definitely afternoon at 855-935-TALK and we are in studio recording together most weekends unless one or the other of us takes off and I think the only time we've ever taken the whole Saturday off was for Christmas so we're here most of the time so Saturdays call us 855-935-TALK you can also call in 24 seven with your questions and you can call them in or speak them in type them in at talking dot and let's begin
2: the festivities with this one hey tom and don great show um regardless of your ranking in the podcast world you are in my top three i never miss an episode so uh thanks for thanks for actually um doing what you guys are doing it's uh it's really pretty valuable um I have a question. I'm wondering what you would recommend for your clients uh, normally when you have a scenario like this. Um, My wife and I are about to sell a house and we're planning to buy a house in a 55 and over community. The net proceeds from this house um, are basically the same amount of money that we need to buy the new house. So um, we're not really going to pull any cash out of this. We're just going to take the cash – and buy the new house, and not bother with a mortgage. We currently do not have one. I might, um, I might have a different view on this if mortgage rates were still, you know, two and a half percent or whatever they were for a while there. But at their current rates, I don't know. It just seems like uh, I might be better off just rolling all the money in, into the new house. Um, we have other assets. What we have. We'll have sufficient income. We're both. I'm retired. My wife will be retired uh, shortly. Uh, we have sufficient income to cover our our required expenses. We have, uh, and we have about two point three million, and it's kind of split between taxable and tax deferred assets. So, I mean, I think we're okay from that point of view. Um, I just hate the idea of tying up the full six hundred thousand into a house. Although, effectively, it's tied up in this house right now, so I guess it's really not any different. I don't know. I was just wondering what you guys uh, would recommend to a client if they had this scenario, um, or, and maybe if there's something I'm not thinking of. Um, so, be happy to hear what you have to say. Thanks.
1: Well, thank you so much. We we appreciate you appreciate us we appreciate your appreciation uh wow you hit the nail on the head though here on your question the question today is not economic it's lifestyle and liquidity lifestyle and liquidity the two l's and um liquidity doesn't sound like it's an issue for you so Lifestyle, it is comfortable to have a paid-for house, particularly if it's unlikely you can safely make more than the interest rate on a mortgage, which right now is 7 to 8%. So mortgage rates are pretty high. I would lean, given your situation, I would lean heavily toward the comfort of the paid-for house. Because it's not going to change your lifestyle. You're in the same situation. You just well, actually it will change your lifestyle because you'll have more income because you don't have a mortgage. And I find that personally very appealing. I really do. I like the idea. So, yeah, buy the house. Enjoy it. Thanks so much for calling and listening, of course. Another one from TalkingRealMoney.com right here.
3: Gentlemen. My question is about bond funds for my portfolio. I have the Vanguard Total Bond Index Fund, VBTLX, which I understand has similar characteristics of an intermediate term bond fund. I have been looking at VBILX, which has a slightly higher expense ratio, but a higher yield and a higher tenure and life to date return. Does VBILX have less volatility and is it better for the long term? Should I stay with the VBTLX? Or is there a compelling reason to switch to VBILX? Thank you for your feedback.
1: Okay, let's define the symbols. VBTLX is the Vanguard Total Bond Index Fund. Same as BND, the ETF. The other, VBILX, is the Vanguard Intermediate Term Bond Index. These two funds are so similar as to be almost interchangeable with one another. It's so funny because the Vanguard total yields just a little bit more than the Vanguard intermediate, which makes sense. It's a little bit riskier in its makeup, but we're talking inherently riskier, which means there are a couple of bonds in there that are not of, as high a quality as the ones in intermediate term and the intermediate has more governments larger percentage but the bond index has greater diversification and has a slightly lower fee by a whopping two one hundredths of one percent this is so close it's almost coin toss time which generally means if you don't have to do anything don't do anything and in this case not doing anything means you stick with the total bond index. That's that's where I come down. Does it matter a lot? No, probably not. Thank you for your call though. And now call question online. Now somebody else went to talkingrealmoney.com and recorded a question.
3: Hi, Don and Tom. I really appreciate your show and thank you so much for having the guts, the courage to criticize other people in the media who purport to give good financial advice. I appreciate that you name names and and kind of warn us about those those people, but you guys are the best. My question is, in a recent uh, podcast, you talked about the importance of investing internationally, and you kind of convinced me that I need to invest more in international um, stocks. My question is, is there a good total uh, international ETF that you'd recommend?
1: Thanks for the call, the question, and I'm so glad you've seen the global light because, yeah, while at times international stocks look bad and, of course, we're patriotic, we want to support the U.S., it makes sense to have those international equities in our portfolio for those times when the U.S. market lags and the internationals do well. You need to cover all the bases. It's just part of having a well-diversified portfolio. Now, there are two schools of thought on this and there's the traditional school of thought which is just by the index which there's nothing wrong with by VXUS, which is the vanguard total international equity etf it pretty much owns all of the available publicly traded global stocks pretty much it is it has a slight growth tilt it is much much larger cap So it's going to perform more like the biggest companies in the world. And you're not going to get the boost that the little companies have tended to provide over time or a value tilt. But it's cheap at seven tenths of or seven one hundredths of a percent. Then there's the other camp, which is going with somebody like Avantis with their Avantis International ETF, which is A-V-D-E. That is a little bit more expensive, but not prohibitively. It's 0.23%. And it has a substantial tilt towards smaller companies and value. So you're getting those out-of-favor assets that have tended over time to outperform the more growthy side. But you're still getting really broad diversification. Not as broad, but very broad. But you're getting a tilt. So it's a trade-off. Either one is a good choice there is no bad choice here so that's what I would suggest looking at, a, at those two right now just to keep it simple I could give you a list but those are both fine 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 ETFs and let's sneak in our last one for today we're going to keep it shorter with the questions because I'm saving a bunch of questions for when I am on vacation in uh, July and August so let's get to the last one for today Hey, Don and Tom,
3: I'm taking your advice and looking at my 401k plan to make sure I'm not in um, actively managed mutual funds. And it's driving me nuts, actually, because when I'm in my 401k, I can see what I'm invested in. And I know they're, well, I assume they're low expense ratios based on when I drill in and see, you know, 0.01, for example. But I can't find ticker symbols to actually validate anything. So I'm curious if you can help me if I have good options or bad options here. And I'll give you two examples of what I'm most heavily invested in at the moment. One is um, well. I'll take the name I see in Fidelity and type it into Google, and I believe um, it's the Vanguard Institutional 500 Index Trust, uh, which claims is mutual fund VFFSX. What's funny is in Fidelity. When I drill in to see what's the fund all what the fund's all about at the very bottom, it says this is not a mutual fund. But when I type it into Google, <laughs> it says mutual fund. Anyway, that's one. Uh, the other ticker symbol again. I'm just grabbing the name and copying into Google is a Vanguard Extended Market Index Fund. Uh, I think it's V-I-E-I-X, and that also says it's a mutual fund, even though Fidelity says it's not. So something weird's going on, or I'm just not doing the right thing. Uh, any thoughts on those two specific funds? And um, I'd appreciate it. Thank you so much for the show.
1: Huh, funny. When I look up V-I-E-I-X, I get uh, Old McDonald's Agriculture Fund. E-I-E-I-X, right? Sorry, it's a really terrible joke, but I can say it. I'm a McDonald. Uh, I don't know where Fidelity gets off saying these are not funds. They are both funds. They are institutional shares, which means they have ridiculously low expense ratios. Ridiculously low. Uh, <laughs> the the uh, S&P 500, as you said, it's one one hundredth of one percent. The extended market, because, of course, that's smaller companies. Well, that's a whopping five one hundredths of one percent. Are they indexes? Absolutely. The 500, the S P 500 is an index. And the extended market is also the extended market index fund, institutional fund. These are both institutional funds that are made available to major corporations, probably like the one you work for they are both really good funds, really 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 good funds. You're massively, well, you're you're well diversified. You have over 4000 stocks in your total portfolio. You do not really have you have a you have a growth tilt in both. Both tilt toward growth. So if there's a value option either within or without Uh, your 401k you may want to you know go a little little more valuey elsewhere but otherwise these are excellent funds and i cannot figure out for the life of me why fidelity says they're not funds unless for some reason fidelity won't let you trade them through the fidelity platform which i guess is possible but uh, they definitely are funds and and if you want to look things up the best place to look them up we're going to give our biggest secret away morningstar They just give you wonderful information. And both of these funds, both are at Morningstar. So just go look them up there. And thank you all again for being a part of the podcast, for listening to it, for telling your friends, for uh, sharing the, the word, for leaving us nice reviews at Apple Podcasts. I don't say the same to those of you who leave grumpy reviews because they're really not, unless they're, they're. They're a decent critique. Most of the time, it's just that you sound ticked off at us for having an opinion. Well, sorry, we have opinions. It may mean the podcast sucks for you because you don't agree. Um, but, and I also believe, I fervently believe I, <laughs> that some of these are left by people who sell insurance products or are stockbrokers because we do make them mad. But thank you to the rest of you. And remember, call us on Saturdays between 3 and 5 p.m. Eastern at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. We are in a studio, well, in two studios separately, but together, talking with people live on Saturdays. And then we play that as a podcast the next week. Just to let you know, next week is going to be a little, little, little funky because of the 4th of July holiday. There will not be a podcast on the 4th of July. So um, don't look for one on the 4th, because I'm going to actually take that day off. And uh, But we'll have others for you. So thank you for being there. I appreciate you so much. Take good care of yourselves. Keep sending your questions in at TalkingRealMoney.com or calling them in at 855-935-8255. And if you'd like to spend a few minutes with one of our really wonderful advisors at uh, Appella, Appella Wealth, we will provide you with that service Absolutely, positively free. No obligation. No pressure. Nothing. You just get help. It's free. So go to TalkingRealMoney.com and click Meet an Advisor, too. All right. Take care of yourselves. We'll be here most of the time doing what we believe is important, and that is, of course, Talking Real Money